All right. We're here with Tracy Wilson. Hi, Tracy. Hi there. How are you? Uh, good. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. So where are you at in the world these days? I am in Kansas City. How's, how's the weather out there right now? Um, it's cold. It's like 33 degrees. Ooh. Now, is it always like that in Kansas City? I mean, do you guys get pretty good, pretty brutal winters or what? I wouldn't say brutal. I mean, we have four seasons, so um, maybe next month it will actually start to be a little warmer, but um, we get snow, so. For four seasons, so that's un- unlike Las Vegas. Yeah, definitely different. And we get rain and thunderstorms, which I've enjoyed, so didn't have a lot of that in Vegas. That's awesome. I, I love rain and thunderstorms. God knows we can definitely use some. So, so I wanted to talk about, um, obviously, you know, we worked together years and years and years ago. I wanted to talk about, you know, your natural transition from hospitality and kind of getting out into what you do now. But let's, uh, I was like to start from the beginning. How'd you, how'd you get into the workforce? What was your first jobs? And then, you know, what jobs did you hold when you're in the industry? Um, yeah, well, back in college, I started in hospitality. Um, I was a Hooter girl then. And then got into a nightclub in Springfield, Missouri called Icon. Um, Since then, it's, I'm sure, closed. Uh, Right after I graduated, I moved out to Vegas. And I got hired with you at Body English as a bartender. So that was in, I want to say, 2008? I think six, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. It was a long time ago. So I started out there, uh, worked there a few years, and then they opened up Vanity. Um, So we went over to Vanity. From there, I applied at Wet Republic, um, got hired there as a cocktail. So I think in 2010, I worked at Wet Republic for a year. And then the following year, I went to Encore Beach Club. And so I was over at Encore Beach Club for five years cocktailing. And the f- then I went to Marquee for a very short second um, and then jumped back to the win at Intrigue Nightclub. And so I kind of finished up my industry time at um, Intrigue. Nice. I mean, those are all some amazing, amazing venues. If you got to work, work in hospitality, those are definitely some great venues to be in. Yeah, I'm definitely lucky. I felt um, very lucky to work at some of those places for as long as I did. How, how do you think your transition was going from the bartending to cocktailing? Um, well, as a bartender, I always wanted to be a cocktail because I saw them always having fun and running around. And, um, you know, bartending is a lot of fun too, but you're literally working um, the whole time rather than having conversations with guests and things like that in a high demand nightclub. So I just, I wanted to um, make that transition. And when I was able to, or when moving from Body English Vanity to Wet Republic, um, it was awesome. I mean, I I loved it. I still love bartending, but um, just a different dynamic of the industry. And it was good to be able to experience both sides in Vegas, I guess. That's cool. I, I, I talked to a lot of other women who made that, made that transition. Do you feel like you weren't as safe as you were, you were more protected behind the bar as being like out in the crowd and stuff? Um, yeah, I definitely understand that. I mean, the bar, it's great to have that bar keeping you distant from patrons, but, um, I'm, most of the venues I work out, they had great security. So if there was ever an issue, then you could just grab security. But I mean, yeah, definitely as a cocktail, you're definitely going to get grabbed more. There's going to be situations like that that happen. Yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate. I know people come to Vegas and they think like, oh, it's wild, wild west. I can do whatever I want. I mean, you know, we saw it a lot. So it's, it's I, I talked to other people who, you know, they felt a little safer behind the bar as when they're, you know, especially in a crowded nightclub. Like pool, pools are different, but the nightclubs are dark and they have dark corners mm-hmm. and busy and 
you know, girls get very, uh, I don't know, abused or something like that. It's not cool. Yeah. Do you, uh, do do you miss working in hospitality? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's days that I'm like, Oh man, I just miss, you know, communicating with people. I mean, most people that are coming into those venues are either, you know, celebrating or having fun. So everyone's just happy. And I met thousands of people from all over the world. And, you know, I keep up with a lot of those people, but of course, and I sometimes still bartend um, at at a wedding venue. So not very often, but it kind of fills that void. Um, So if that's something that you miss, I think that that's, you can always try to find something like that where you might bartend, you know, once a quarter or something to kind of fill that gap. That's cool. You know, I actually never really thought about that because I I do miss like, you know, just the interaction of people and stuff. I mean, I I spend you know most of my day sitting in front of a computer all day, so I kind of miss that interaction as well. That's actually a good idea. I should go go bartend like once a month or something. Yeah, <laughs> like a wedding venue or something like that, where they just kind of reach out, "Hey, are you available?" Um, so that kind of fills that void for me. Yeah, that's cool. What uh, what what was like your favorite thing about working in hospitality? Gosh, uh, favorite thing. I don't probably the people I met people from all over the world, um, a ton of friends from everywhere and just getting to know so many different people. I mean, you normally keep a job for a year and then it's another group of people, um, as opposed to, you know, other jobs, you stay there forever and it's the same group of people. You're not meeting as much people. Um, and then the money, um, it was great money. So (laughs) yeah, that, 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 that comes up a lot. Yeah. I can't uh, lie. Money was great. Yeah. What What do you think? Uh, what was your like least favorite thing about working in hospitality? Least favorite. Um, I, don't know, I gave up a lot of like weddings and things like that that were important in life. And at the time, you know, weekends were, you know, you work every weekend. So, you know, for 10 plus years, I never had a Memorial Day off or 4th of July or anything like that. So, I missed a lot of important people's weddings and events like that. So I think it's just, um, those things. Yeah. The, that, that comes up a lot too. I mean, holidays. I mean, I think, uh, this year was the first new year's Eve I had off and I couldn't even tell you how long yeah. <laughs> and, and I was, I was in bed by 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I watched New York on TV for like four seconds and I watched it put a movie on and I was out. I don't even know, probably before 10. I have no idea. I woke up on my couch at like 11 20. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, um, so if, if you could go back, well, would you do it all again? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, is there anything you would do differently or anything you would change? Um, anything I would do different or change? Uh, what about a house when I first moved to Vegas rather than towards the end? Um, well, well what year did you buy a house in? Bought a house in 2016. Okay. So you didn't get caught in the 2008 dip. I, I own three properties in 2008. So that wasn't a good time to buy either. <laughs> no, I mean, ideally, you know, I had so many people come out after I moved to Ve- Vegas. I had like six other friends from Missouri come out and I was housing them and, and, you know, helping them get in the industry and things like that. So if I would have just had a property, they would have all rented rooms and it would have just been another source of income. So. Yeah. What, um, what, when did you realize that you first wanted to kind of like break out of the hospitality industry's golden handcuffs and, you know, you knew you didn't want to do this forever? Um, there was an exact moment and I was at Intrigue Nightclub 
And I've, I've been in the industry forever and I was back working nights and I didn't love working nights, but um, we we're having a conversation. It was actually, where were you during 9-11? And um, so everyone in the, in the back, we were discussing this and this girl that I worked with, her name was Michaela. She's like, I was in kindergarten. And I was like, I was a sophomore in high school. And so I, I was working with girls that were 10 years younger than me, still trying to keep up with, you know, the game is your appearance and all of that fun stuff. And, you know, I had nothing in common with my coworkers anymore. Um, I was just, I was just over it. So. Yeah. They, they, a lot of people I talk to, it's just something just hits you that switch clicks and you're like, you know what? I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved all the people I worked with, but man, like having such a big age difference and what's important in your life and things like that, just, it really, the job just wasn't as fun anymore. I just really didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Especially nowadays, there's such a generational gap between like, you know, you got like TikTok and all this other stuff. Like what? <laughs> like it makes no sense. I don't even know how to work TikTok. Like I, I can watch the video. I have no, I, and I don't, I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another thing was like, right actually towards the end um, is when taxes were changing. And so we were starting to get taxed differently on our money. And for a long time, we had a huge tax advantage, you know, um, so that changed and they tried to sell it off as like, oh, well, now you can go buy a car because you're going to have more income on paper. However, they tried to sell it to make it sound better to us. But um, either way, after doing the numbers, it was going to be a huge difference. So, yeah, I remember I remember my bar back into the hard rock. Our tip compliance was one dollar an hour. And then fast forward, you know, 12 years later, 15 years later, whatever, Hakkasan, I think it was like $48 an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a huge, uh, was a huge, huge thing. We, we got away with a lot of stuff for a long time. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, so how, how did you like, when you knew that thing switched in your head, like, okay, I want to get out of here. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. Did you already have like kind of idea of direction you wanted to go? Or do you kind of like try some different things out? Uh, definitely tried some different things out. I would have an idea and it'd be like, that's what I'm going to do. Let's do it. And, um, when I was in Vegas, kind of like starting the tra- transition, I started playing around. Like I always did uh, convention work, things like that, a little TV work on the side. So I was always dabbling in like extra work. Um, but first there was a warranty company that I worked for. I sold some warranties on the side. Um, and I was pretty good at it, but I hated it. Um, like warranties. What, what do you mean? Warranties? Our warranties. Oh, our dealerships. I get those phone calls all the time. <laughs> well, so I sold them directly to the car dealership and the car dealership sold them to you guys or to, to people. But, um, and also like a few franchise ideas I was kind of playing with. So I knew I wanted to go back home. I knew I was going to go back to, I'm from a really small town where there's not a ton of job opportunities. So I wanted to be in the city. So I knew I was going to do that. Um, the franchise idea just disappeared. So that wasn't really there. Um, I had already gotten an apartment in Kansas City. So I had my apartment in Kansas City and my house in Vegas. And I quit my job in June of 2018. And I was still doing contract work. So I worked for Acura as a spokesmodel. So I would still travel and do those shows um, and just random stuff. I would travel and just do like contracted gigs. So maybe a 10 day gig. Um, so I was living in Missouri, just kind of doing a little work here and there. And I decided to start my own agency and do this warranty company. Um, so I started 
ramping up and doing that. And I did that for a little bit and I realized I hated it. Um, I hate used car dealers. I, I hate everything to do with it. I mean, I could see the potential. Um, and you know, like the only thing that was like glamorous about it was running my own business and not having to answer to anybody. Um, and having still my freedom because in the industry, one of the best things is, you know, having the flexibility, but, um, I hated it. So then I kind of, I basically took six months off and I just, I started asking my friends and family, um, what am I good at? What could you see me doing? You know, that I would have those conversations with friends and family, like, you know, and I'd get, well, you've always liked, you know, finance, or you've always been good at, you know, giving advice when it comes to money. Um, maybe I could see you doing like events. So just like different things like that. And I kind of really sat down. I mean, I think I even Googled like, like quizzes, like, what am I good? You know, looking for like, what am I going to do with my life? You know? Um, so I knew I liked finance. And so I decided to pursue that. Uh, I got online and I was like, in finance, like what is the highest standard you can hold? And, you know, kind of figuring out that process. And so I found out like a CFP, which is a certified financial planner is pretty much the top of the line. If you're, if you're looking for someone to work with, they have um, really high fiduciary standards, which means um, just always giving the best advice to you. So not selling you products because a lot of people sell honestly really shitty products that people have. Life insurance. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I always want to help people. So I wanted to do something that you know, was helping people, but I could never do like a nurse or anything like that, like blood or anything like that just freaks me out. So it was just like, how do I help people and what's important to me? And so I decided to go the route as a financial advisor and um, randomly reached out to just a company uh, to ask questions like, what does this look like? How long does it take to ramp up? Um, You know, as a female in the industry, because it's not you know, it's probably 90% men. Um, what's it look like? So kind of asking all those questions. Um, and then I decided like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I started studying and taking different tests. Um, first I had to take my series 65 to become licensed. And, um, then like over the, over the last few months, I pursued my chartered retirement plan specialist, which just means I focused on a lot on 401k plans. So, um, I have that. And then, um, that's what I've been doing. So, and I I really enjoy it. I love helping people. I've been able to help actually some people in the industry, um, which is great. So that's awesome. And that's something the industry desperately needs as we were talking about before we, before this, um, you know, everyone blows their money, easy come, easy go, you know, the famous last words of, Oh, I I work, guess I work for free tonight, (laughs) but you didn't matter because you're making the money the next day, you know, all those, you know, bottle service, like, oh, I'll blow $1,000 tonight, whatever. The, yeah. The, the, those are not good financial decisions. <laughs> no, not at all. So what, what, what do you think your, um, what was like your time, your time frame from like thought to like, you're in it, this is it? Oh man. I mean, it definitely took a while. You know, like I said there, I took six months off and, you know, I can't, say every day was a great day. There were days that, you know, I probably laid in bed, like, you know, what the hell am I doing with my life? What direction am I going? Like I still was one foot in, I still had my house in Vegas, my apartment in Kansas city. Like I was just kind of, 
in a weird transition. So there were good days and bad days where like, oh, this is going to work. Oh, no, this isn't going to work. So just kind of like, you know, six good months of just complete confusion. Um, And then definitely a year and a half to really feel like I'm moving the right direction and I made the right choice and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. And then that's what a lot of people, I, I hear, hear a lot of people say that, you know, the one foot in one foot out, they're like, they're trying to do something while they're still bartending at night. And they're like, they're giving like half-assing either one. So it's neither one's getting their full attention. So they're really not committed to both and not really excelling at both. And it's really once you like cut that tie and you go all in that you really see forward progress. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, how, how about that last day that you knew you were going to resign? How'd that feel? Oh, it was hard. I mean, it was hard and exciting. You know, I, I had been at the win for seven years. I loved the win. Um, you know, I had dabbled in like, you know, moving up to management position or, but do I want to do that? Like, what's it look like if I have a family down the road working those shifts? Like, and if you move up to that position, then cocktails are making more than you. And I was like, I'm not happy with that working more, making less. Um, so well, welcome to management. <laughs> yeah, so it was like dabbling in these questions. Like, is it time to move out or time to get out? And, you know, when it was, when I made my list of all the pros and cons, I think I was, you know, sure of it. Um, you know, I don't know. There were still times that I was like, man, I wish I would have held on for six more months and lived in Missouri, but flew out on Fridays and worked Friday, Saturday, you know, just to make a little more money to stack. Um, but I think I had to be, otherwise it would have just delayed me longer. Like we just discussed. So. Yeah. How many times you hear one more year, one more summer, one more season. I mean, and then you did, you've been saying that for 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. No. And especially as a female, you, you know, at these jobs at the pool, it's, you get in great shape. I mean, it's stressful, you know, going to those pool auditions, like, you know, you're dieting and everything like that. Like it's so stressful. And honestly, like I, I didn't want to be the, the year that I just didn't get hired anywhere that nobody wanted me, you know, at that point, I wanted to be the one that was like, I'm done with you. Leave Um, on your, leave on your own terms. Yeah. So, I mean, but not having to go through that, those stresses anymore, you know, every year during auditions, man, like I yeah, don't know. That. And that's what a lot of people who aren't in Las Vegas, they, they don't get like, it, it is stressful. I mean, the, the, the pressure they put on, especially women in the industry around pool season. I mean, it's girls aren't eating for weeks. I mean, they're in the gym four times a day. I mean, they're like the bulimic. They're, they're doing a lot just to try to get that job for the season. And then after the summer, it's over again. You got to do it all again next year. Yeah. I remember do us like girls doing the most random thing. I remember us like wrapping saran wrap around ourselves and going tanning. <laughs> we were so ridiculous, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people did really weird things. Yeah. I, but I mean, you know, you're, you're doing all that because you get one of those jobs and that's like hitting the jackpot. I mean, that's, that's golden. You know, those are huge. Yeah. So how, how'd you say your, uh, your lifestyle changes now, you know, not having to work late nights and all that stuff. Um, definitely different. I mean, honestly, right now it's just a different time. So I I can't, I know before everything was going on with COVID, I mean, I was going out more, um, just enjoying dinners and things like that. Um, I don't know, not a ton different, but I've been, I've learned to like find time just to enjoy, enjoy things like reading and, you know, maybe watching 
a show or like different hobbies. Because before when I was in Vegas, I worked nonstop. If there was, if I wasn't working in the nightclub or day club, I was picking up a convention or something. I just was a workaholic. Yeah. You were always a hustler. I always admired that about you. So I think now, I mean, I'm just, there's nights that I just go home and I cook dinner. And so just, it's different. You feel, you feel like you're happier and healthier now? Um, yeah, I, I think in a mental, um, aspect, I, you know, I, and now, I mean, I still go to the gym and everything. I, I still want to keep up with, you know, looking nice and, you know, those things, but, um, in a mental capacity, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, especially in Vegas, you know, I bring up Vegas a lot, but that's where we're from. Um, but it's like the toxic environment of being in the industry, you know, just all the, all the negativity, the alcoholism, the drug abuse, the, you know, everything that's you're surrounded by constantly. Yeah, absolutely. So to taking yourself out of that situation, it's, you know, you can live, it's your mental clarity is a lot better, I think. And then going to bed at normal hours and not having to work. Okay. I got a day shift then I got a night shift and, you know, I'm sleeping a few hours here, there, and then I'll catch up later in the week and, you know, having a normal set schedule, it just goes a long way for your mental and physical health. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something that I've noticed, especially since being in Missouri, that, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of friends that were in Vegas in the industry due to suicide and, um, you know, kind of looking back at reflecting on how that lifestyle affects people. Um, not everyone, but you know, there are some people that are in dark spots and, you know, I'm sure that contributes to it. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, I, I talked to a lot of people, especially during this whole pandemic, a lot of people are really, really struggling right now. And I mean, even before, you know, there's, you know, alcoholism, drug abuse in Vegas, you know, people get off and start gambling because they don't know what else to do. So they just, you know, and then they're, you know, blow all their money. So that leads to more stress and just a vicious cycle. And yeah, we went to a lot of funerals of, you know, suicides, accidental overdoses, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. It really is. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the reason why I want to do this is to help inspire and motivate other people to, you know, get out of that toxic environment and they'll lead happier, healthier lives. Absolutely. So since you're in uh, financial, financial management, wealth management, so what do you feel like your life would be different if you had like a better understanding of money while you're in the industry? Or do you feel like you were, you know, you were pretty good while you were there? Like you, you kind of already had some financial literacy. Um, I did already have a little bit of that. I mean, obviously there are some things that I know now that could have put me in a better position, but overall, I mean, I, I was a little different than the average industry person. I saved my money. I made some investments. Um, you know, everyone I talked to, anyone I trained, I mean, the, you know, they can say, Tracy said, you know, save your money. Don't go buy this, you know, obviously enjoy it. This is a great time, you know, to, to make that trip. Or if there's something you really want, go buy that. But at the same time, like the opportunity to like stack cash, you know, take advantage of that. Cause that's going to make a huge difference in your life. So, um, yeah, absolutely. There's things I know now, you know, different accounts I could have put money in that would have served me better, but, um, you know, overall, I'm happy that I, I didn't blow the majority of my money. Don't get me wrong. I definitely spent money on silly things, but, um, you know. Did, did you make any investments that you're proud of that you're still benefiting from, from today? Um, I bought, I bought two farms, which is kind of random. That's cool. <laughs> um, what kind of farms? So soybean and corn, 
Nice. Yeah, um, my family are farmers back home in Missouri. And so there was some farm ground that came up that was available. And um, so, yeah, I, I have two farms that my family actually farms and they rent it from me. But um, I think those are good investments. Um, so I'm happy with those decisions. The house was a good decision in Vegas. I mean, I kept it for two years and then I flipped it and the capital gains on it was was pretty substantial for two years. So a lot of different little things like that. That's awesome. See, you already had the financial literacy, but better than most people. Yeah. That's why friends were like, you should do something in finance. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely things I could have done different to put myself in a better position, but, um, you know, and I tried to tell as many friends in the industry, you know, like save your money, you know, and one thing that I would like, I, kept a lot of cash, way too much cash, um, because you're scared to put in the bank because, I mean, I know we had tip compliance, but you know, we weren't, we didn't know. And so, um, you know, and then, you know, keeping in cash, you're not, your money's not doing anything for you and inflation. So you're just technically losing money. And at the time I had no idea. So that's something I would have changed. Yeah, I think every industry person can relate to that. The shoe box is full of money <laughs> in the closet, in the nightstand, under the bed. <laughs> yes, in the vent, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, that kind of leads us to the rest. Uh, you know, what's some uh, advice you'd give to other people in the industry that are looking to get out? Um, you know, ask what helped me was asking my friends and family, you know, what I'd be good at, um, you know, making a list of, you know, different things that you're interested in. Um, Because if you don't have a path that you want to move towards, then it's really confusing. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? So I think taking time to talk to people that are important in your life on what they think you'd be good at and just really evaluating, you know, what skills you have and how you can turn those into something else. That's great. And a lot of people, you know, they kind of take the burden on themselves, but like, you know, going to your friends, your family and ask that question, you know, what, Hey, what do you think I could do? Like, what do you, what are, what do you think my, my uh, strengths and weaknesses are? You know, it's good to get criticism and it, people can lead you in a good direction. I, I talk to a lot of industry people who they don't feel like they have any skills because they you know they've just been a bartender for so long or they've just been a waitress for so long, but you know, they have, they have amazing skills that they've never even tapped into yet. Absolutely. I mean, when I started first, I started kind of as a client service person at the firm I work at. And, um, my computer skills, like when I was typing, I was, cause I hadn't used a computer in 10 years, like just little things like that were difficult. And I felt like a lot of times I was, you know, drinking from a water hose because it was just so much. And, you know, it'd be little things like an Excel spreadsheet. I had no idea how to put any, you know, anything into it. I had no, but a lot of those things you can watch, you know, YouTube videos and all of a sudden you're now an Excel genius. So the technology is there to learn. Um, it's just, if you're willing and, um, you know, not to be scared by some of those things, cause it can be an in- intimidating for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the technology nowadays, you could learn anything online, any, anything on YouTube's the probably the best platform to learn, learn anything, you know, visually. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tracy, is there anything you want to add before we take off? Um, no, I'm, I'm so happy you're doing this. Um, I hope it benefits a lot of people and just, you know, giving people the courage to get out there and see what else they can do after the industry. So 
that, that that's the goal. Just uh, obviously trying to help inspire and motivate others. So I, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy girl. It was so good to see you again. So good to see you too. All right. Take care, Tracy. All right. Bye. Bye.